Welcome to another great episode of After the Season Podcast with your girl JC. That be me. And uh, of course, first of all, y'all been rocking out with us for real, man. I am still floored at um, what this podcast is doing, but we treating it like I like to call it like a therapy session on display, honestly. Uh, a lot of people come in and they sit in these chairs and they express some of the things that's personal to them that they've never, ever actually said aloud. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Please keep liking, commenting, subscribing, sharing. Um, that's how it gets out. And, of course, we've interviewed so many people that have been under this guy that's sitting next to me. So instead of having them talk about him, we're going to have him talk about him today. This is my guy, Coach Damon. Wilson what's up man not too much not too much how you doing I'm good it's uh you know it's crazy because as we were you know getting ready to shoot we started talking about how long we've actually known each other (laughs) I didn't realize it had been over 10 years at this point very much so very much so and um you know you look back at all of the success that you've had um you sitting in the seat as a head coach now at Morgan State University and we'll get into how we got there but did you ever think that you would actually get to this point? Did you ever see this? <laughs> yes. Okay. And, and I'm going to say yes, uh, as humble as I can be. Uh, as I was a, a young guy coming up, my uh, dad and my uncle were youth coaches. Okay. And I've always kind of modeled myself behind them. Uh, you know, they had other, you know, nine to five jobs, but I watched what they did and how they interact interacted with the uh, the youth. I knew it was something that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I knew once I got going, we were going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to have a, some great coaches around me, some great players to make me look good. Yeah, I mean, you, you got a lot of people. And we going to talk about how all the – you have a lot of NFL players. You have a lot of star players that have accolades within multiple divisions and conferences. Um, so we as we dial back, you played tight end. Right. Uh, and, of course, you went to Bowie State University. Right. But before you went there, high school-wise, like, what was that like for you? Did you always want to be the tight end? Or what What did you really want to play? All I knew was I wanted to go to college and play football. Okay. You know? And uh, and that really came about late. I went to Suitland High School. And at the time, it wasn't – we weren't a heavily recruited high school. And this area really wasn't heavily recruited. And academically, I was an average student. You know, okay. I could turn it on, turn it off when I wanted to. But I think going into my senior year, I realized, hey, I, I do want to go to college. Okay. Um, I took the SAT one time. The scores weren't good enough. I had to go to Montgomery Junior College first. Then I transferred to Bowie State. Had some success at Montgomery Junior College as a, as a player and as a student. And um, playing a new position. I, I transitioned to a tight end in junior college. I was a, a defensive lineman, an offensive lineman in high school. I can and, see uh, that. And, 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 <laughs> I can see you that. You can definitely see it now. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Going, going to uh, Bowie, having an opportunity to continue to play and seek a four-year degree, I was really, really excited about that and uh, then I had the opportunity to coach right after I finished playing. Yeah, how does it, because, you know, we have a lot of, um, you've seen how these athletes come, especially you being in the coaching perspective now, but how is it from now being on that side to you being the student where you remember not being recruited in a heavy situation, like Suitland High School, like you said, it wasn't like the marquee school. And, of course, at that time, PG County was like basketball, basketball, Correct. basketball. So you trying to get recruited coming out of Suitland, like do, do, do you wish you would have went to a different school? Oh, not at all. Okay. I don't regret anything about my journey and all my uh, – my high school process, uh, to be honest, I, I wasn't prepared for college coming out of four-year school, coming out of high school because mm-hmm. of things that I didn't uh, do. So it really helped me in those two years at the junior college uh, be, prepare myself for a four-year university and to understand how important it was to, to seek my 
my my my degree and do well in the classroom that sort of thing so were you recruited out of high school to go in anywhere or was, was it I okay was. I had a few schools that were interested but once again test test scores yeah. were, uh, were hindering me my yeah. GPA was fine uh, my test scores were hindering me and uh, so I had to go to junior college route. I'm gonna ask you this because I want I'm you know <clears throat> I didn't do too well on the SAT. Either. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. know, an ACT, and that was an act, literally. Right, okay, right, right. Um, and and do you think that you know, and you can't really say too much, but I'm gonna position this to get your opinion on it. Okay. Um, you know, with all of the NIL and things of that nature, NCAA, I think the scores is the only thing that kind of keeps the governing situation together. How do you feel about the school, like? Does, should the scores be eradicated, or what, what do you feel like at this point in time? Because now money's in place, right. but the, the scores, so, what are we really doing? So fortunately, this past year, the first year the NCAA eliminated the test scores. What? That's, that's no longer a requirement to go to college. What? To participate. In I'm going back. <laughs> I'm going back. <laughs> to participate. So most some universities still ask for test scores, but the NCAA, that is no longer uh, factored in to your eligibility at all. I'm going back. I'm upset. Yeah, so so now they got NIL and no different. scores. No scores and NIL. This is insane <laughs> to me. I, I don't I don't like this. I'm I need a redo no immediately. No okay. Doubt. So now you so as you go to the junior college, talk a little bit about JUCO because a lot of people shy away from it. <laughs> a lot of people and I'm I'm a lot of people. Right. I'm gonna just go ahead and say I'm that's me because mm-hmm. I came out top of my class. I was being heavily recruited, mm-hmm. we've talked offline. You know my story as far as not having my scholarships, right. not seeing them and things of that nature. And actually, you were there while I was <laughs> at school and right. seeing how certain stuff was going on. So talk a little bit about um, the decision. Like, what was your energy like knowing that you had to go to a JUCO school? I was. I had to grind. My parents told me, hey, I'm not. we're not wasting money for you to go to a four-year school and not be prepared for it. Mm-hmm. So if you're serious about your education and serious about playing football, you can get it done at the at the junior college. Got level. it. And so I, I was there. We were grinding. It was six or seven of us living in the townhouse, uh, <laughs> but all of us, you know, from the area, mm-hmm. amongst a, a lot of great football players. I think we finished top ten in the country. Okay. In JUCO uh, at that time, as far as a, a program for this nine and one, uh, I think my last year there, and it was a lot of talent, and you had to um, do all the little things right and make certain sacrifices to give yourself a chance. To go into that four-year school, so yeah. you were hungry. So when I got the opportunity and recruited, was recruited out of the junior college. I had several different uh, opportunities and offers, and Coach Wood was the one that offered me at Bowie State, and I really felt at home. It was three of my other teammates at that time. We decided to go to Bowie, okay, and we wanted to quote unquote change the culture there, okay. Uh, you know, we, we knew we wanted to play together, but we knew we wanted to go to a place where we well felt like home, yeah, and uh, and that's what we did, and we all went and graduated and. I think the kind of the rest is history right now. Yeah, definitely is history, and there's a lot of history that's attached to it. But staying at home, that didn't bother you? Not at all. I had a younger brother. I had a brother that's uh, nine years younger than me. Okay. And uh, I felt more of a, had a father figure role. My dad's been in my life all, all my life, been in his life all his life. But at the end of the day, I, I felt obligated to be around to make sure I was guiding him the right way. Mm. Uh, so that was really important to me. And I'm a family guy. You know, I was the first male in my family to go to college. Wow. So it gave me an opportunity to play in front of my, my family. Yeah. And uh, every game, you're going to have 15, 20 family members at every game. Still now, even with me coaching, being back home coaching, same thing. Yeah. So it's, it's really a blessing. And it's a dream to be able to have your family actually show up and play, yeah. uh, especially since 
you being able to be the hometown kid that kind of was looked at in a position, in a position like, ah, okay, yeah, he played whatever. And it's a lot of overlooking that does happen when it comes to certain things. Some people are cast out or cast against when it comes to it, when it comes to keeping your mental capacity, because you know, we talk about all the time, like you have certain players that go into professional leagues that wish they not play in nobody's at home because <laughs> of, like you said, the 2025 people, they're like, yo, I need some tickets. Like you're going to give me a section. And so did that outside of the motivation for being able to play in front of them, mm-hmm. how did you, how were you able to maintain the, the innocence and then also the discipline being home because you still had access to everything and everybody and you knew the area? It, it wasn't difficult for me uh, just because I looked at football and sports as an opportunity to bring my family together. Like I so said, mm. we were really a family-oriented uh, group, but we got to a point where we were really just celebrating Christmas, all the holidays, major holidays. Got it. Football gave us another opportunity to come together and support one another and to see each other. So I, it, it, I didn't have any really negative uh, feelings or hurdles I had to overcome uh, during that time. It was yeah. really a blessing, to be honest with you. After the game, you come to the gate – and you see 15 family members there and, you know, whether win, lose, or draw, it, it's just great. So they can spend time together and share stories. And, yeah. and, and after me, as far as going to college, several of my cousins have gone to college and graduate. And I think a lot of that has to do with seeing mm-hmm. someone do it before them. So yeah. my sister and I said, my sister and myself, we were the first two uh, to graduate school. And I think that really helped the rest of my cousins and everybody else behind us. And that's important, especially as we see um, most recently Jalen Hurts right. went back and got his master's. It's like, you know, like a lot of people don't even have their bachelor's. They never even go back. But he has his bachelor's. He went and got his master's. And he was also going and doing this while taking his whole team to the Super Bowl. That, 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 that was a, a great I mean, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And I, I pretty much did the same thing. Once I finished playing ball, I started my master's. And then uh, – I got an opportunity to coach at another university. Okay. So I stopped my master's. I just finished my master's three years ago. So wow. 20 years after finished playing ball. And the reason I did it, my wife has her master, and I didn't want my son to come up. Mom got her master's. Yeah, you it so I just want to continue to set new standards for the family. Yeah, I'm not um, there yet. I'm just yeah, it's, it's, it, was a <laughs> it was a challenge. It took me 20 years, but no one's going to care. Yeah, you know? I, but, I, but you know what? It's crazy because my mom, so my mom, she was the only person in the family that did not have no degree, but she put everybody through school. Right. So nephews, wow. my her nephews, my cousins, um, you know, and my my aunt and everybody, like all of these people had all had degrees. Right. She never had hers, so she went and got her associates, but she did the dual program at the same time and got her bachelor's. So she went from having like, no degrees to the only person in the house with like two. two. And we like, yo, who are you at this point? <laughs> like, who are you? So, okay, so you go to Bowie State. The atmosphere is right. You have the family there. Um, at any point in the career of playing in, because uh, at that time, it was still CIAA. We were still in CIAA, yep. At that time, the, how the, the atmosphere of what CIAA football is now, I purposely believe you had something to do with that, especially when it comes to Bowie State, as a player and as a coach. The difference between playing and coaching today versus then is, in your opinion, what? The support. We didn't, and, and we were we were a decent football team. We were five and six, six and five, I think, when I was playing. Okay. And um, the support that we started to receive there as a coach was light years ahead of what it was when we played there. Mm. You know, we, when I was there, I, you know, our family would come out, some of the students would come out. But when I finished here coaching, I mean, I could look up every game and felt like a homecoming atmosphere. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with the success we had and some of the players that we had. You know, right. A lot of local talent and their, parent, their families would come out to support them. Right. And uh, we had a couple of key guys that would get the 
the rest of the community could come out to see him as well. Mm-hmm. So that you know that was that was big. But the major thing was the support. Uh, the university, I think, made a conscious decision to put some more financial resources behind the program, yeah, yeah. which really helped us a lot as well. Um, but we was at one time we were looked at just like the thirteenth grade almost, if you will, mm-hmm. for the local for local uh, students. Bowie wasn't the first. Me, me again. <laughs> <laughs> Bowie wasn't the first choice of a lot of people. And my goal as a player and as a coach wanted to change that perception. Yeah, you know, I wanted folks to say, "Hey, I graduate from Suitland High School. I want to go to Bowie State." Yeah, and I saw some of that throughout my time there as a head coach, and I really felt good about it. Yeah, and uh, so before you got to Bowie, mm-hmm. you were. At Prairie View? You no. was in the SWAT. So you went to Texas? So I, no, I was at Bowie from 99 to 03. Okay. Then I left and went to Texas Southern. Okay. Then I went to Prairie View. Then I came back to Bowie as a head coach. The difference between the SWAT and the CIAA, mm-hmm. atmosphere, resources, everything, the classics. they All of that. Is it's, it, what is it that, in your opinion, because you've been able to see it and be a part of it right. and have um, the the – audacity honestly to mm-hmm. change programs and cultures and be a part of it and some of which programs are still utilizing your stuff in their programs if you will mm-hmm. what's the difference or what can the swag show the CIAA or is there something that needs to be there because because on top of that you're part of the MEAC now too right <laughs> so you'd have been everywhere been everywhere it's uh I think a, a lot of history is just different yeah I'm gonna say is one of the oldest, oldest uh conference, conference. yep, yep. um SWAT, from a Southern standpoint, the academics and the universities meant more, in my opinion, mm. to people at the time they attended the university, whereas up North, it's a little different dynamic. So I learned how to be at an alum when I was down the South, when I was down at, at Prairie View, when I was down at Texas Wow! Up. I saw how alums gave back. I saw how alums got involved. And that's when I said I came back to Bowie. I would never not give back to my university because wow. I understand how the, what type of impact that you may have yeah. on the university and the current students. So we got caught here. We get caught up in, Hey, the, the lines were long when I was in school. We didn't do this when I was in school mm. down there. It's not, it wasn't like that. It was like, it's my obligation, my responsibility to make sure I give back. So the current students don't have to go through the same things we went through. Talk about Texas Southern, because that program, we, <laughs> that program, we know, we, we see all of the people that come through, mm-hmm. of course, you know, the notoriety that came back. Now you got Megan Thee Stallion being an <laughs> alum now. And, but the program itself as an athletic perspective, and was that your – that wasn't your first head coaching job, was it? Well, no, I was an assistant head coach at Texas Southern. Running back? Running, running back? Backs and assistant head coach. And at okay. Prairie View, I was assistant assistant coach at Prairie View as well. Correct. So the, the, the Texas Southern, we in downtown Houston. And we didn't, yeah. <laughs> that, that sells yeah. itself. Yeah. That, that sells itself. Yeah. You're around the corner from University of Houston, around the corner from Rice. I mean, you're in a great location to mm-hmm. really, uh, get, get your degree as well as play sports. We didn't have a lot of success as a football program at when I was at Texas Southern. However, I learned a lot of things, what to do and what not to do, mm. and which prepared me to be a head coach uh, when I, yeah. you know, in, in, in years later. But uh, it was a great it was a great run at Prairie View. We had a, a lot of success at Prairie View. Mm-hmm. That was one time the lose, most losingest program in FCS football. And when I was there, we finished in the top twenty five of FCS programs. And once again, I saw the RVs pull up on a Tuesday before Saturday homecoming. I saw all of that good stuff. So I want to I want to pull this up too because you gotta you going through these accolades, and I wanted to make sure that I ran off a few <laughs> of these accolades that you have. Okay, so. Uh, you know, Division Two quarterfinalist Elite Eight. You were final ranking number six in D two football in twenty twenty one. But I want to dial back real quick to this one right here, okay? 
these back-to-back championships <laughs> that just so happened to start popping up at Bowie State. When you finally were hired as head coach mm-hmm. at Bowie State University, what was your emotion like? I'm still emotional about it because wow. it gave me an opportunity to come back home and to lead a program that meant a lot to me. Uh, so when we, you know, we lost three championships before we won our first one. You know, so when, when, I was it, there for I, every I, last I, one of them. I learned, a, <laughs> I learned a lot throughout those losses. I mean, two point loss, three point loss, whatever it was. But for us, when we won that first one in 2018, uh, very rewarding feeling. And watching the guys celebrate is something that we had talked about. It's something that I told the guys when we were recruiting them what we were going to do. Yeah. And for that thing to come full circle, for our graduation rates to be high and all that stuff to come, you know, come like I said, come around full circle, yeah. very rewarding. See the president's face and administration, and alumni. It was, it was special, you know. What is it like having to recruit kids from the area? Because, as you mentioned, it's looked at like the 13th grade. Correct. So, as the person, I mean, you coming in saying, yo, look at look at what we do here. Mm-hmm. This is the program. You can stay home. But what is the, if any, pushback, aside from the 13th grade, that you get from people wanting to come to Bowie State or even coming to Morgan? Well, now I don't, I don't receive any. And the reason I say that is because of the success. Mm. You know, when I first started, I was selling the dream. You know, I was, I was selling a vision that we had as a coaching staff, as a program, but it hadn't happened. Yeah. Now these young young guys that we're recruiting now, they can see the success we had. It's documented. Yeah. You know, you was reading off some of the accolades, but it's documented so they know what we're about. They know we're going to graduate, so we're going to have a good time. We're going to win some championships. Yeah. And everybody wants to be a part of that. Yeah. And at Morgan State, man, the, the academic criteria is is – it's second to none. You know, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I didn't have a drop down at all wow. with regards to the academic. I picked up some more academic support wow. that I didn't necessarily have at Bowie. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really rewarding to see these guys develop. So let's let's stay with Bowie for a second. So I went to Bowie State. <coughs> Let me sit that there for a second, okay? Right. You know what I'm saying? I went there for a year, mm-hmm. okay? And everybody knows I have an allegiance to Elizabeth City State University no as well. No but... I will say that some of the best relationships that I ever developed with understanding the athletic perspective came from Bowie State University. Bowie State definitely is a family when it comes to, especially the athletic program. Um, You went through a few athletic director changes while at Bowie State University. What is it like as a head coach who you have certain things in place, but when an athletic director comes in, they will have their vision as to what they want to do. Do they get to? Do you all get to sit down and meet to say, "Hey, this is what happens," in order to see what his vision is and he sees what you've already put in place? How does that work? I was very fortunate. I mean, it started to me. It starts at the top. Mm-hmm. I had two presidents that to me were, were great: Dr. Burnham, yes, and, and Dr. Bro. I mean, to me, they were the great individuals, great leaders. And then from an AD standpoint, you mentioned I had several ADs. Mr. Derek Carter hired me, and then he left and took another job in, mm. in the act. Then I ended up having uh, Miss Creek was there for a little while, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, Mr. Dowdy, who's there now. Yep. And uh, the good thing about it, my job was all – if I, I feel like my job was always as a head coach to make the AD look good. Okay. Uh, so as long as I did my job and kept my guys out of their presence, they won't let me – Run my show. Right. And that's what they did. You know, Basically, we, get out of the way. Get, that's what I heard. But, get out of my way. That's what I heard. But, get out but, of my but way. But to your point, we did, <laughs> we did have conversations, and it was a tr- it's a trust factor. I mean, Mr. Dowdy didn't really have a football background, so he didn't know what he was getting into. Right. At that time, we had gone through our little lumps at Bowie, but we were on that other side now. So yeah. he really saw me. I think his first four years, we were in the conference championship. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't a whole lot more he had to say, to, to, to say but he did help provide some more resources 
for our guys. And that's that's one of the things that I really ex- was excited about mm-hmm. because we were one of the lowest funded schools in the CIAA. Yeah. And once we started having success and sustaining success, the mind says, why well, give you more? And, and my whole thing, you got to give them more because the students deserve it. Yeah. And it's hard to argue with it when the guys are graduating and the guys are putting the wins on them. On the, uh, on, the, on the field and doing a great job in the community, the university and administration had to support it. So. How important is it, um, you know, for that fight? Because a lot of coaches, sometimes they get the job and it's like they're reliving right. through the job that they have. How important is it for people, for coaches to come in with a mindset, understanding like, yo, it's not the time anymore. Like, we got to get these kids together. And I asked that question because you know, you saw mm-hmm. what I went through. Right. And a lot of times some people live their dreams out through other players. Correct. How how important is that? And then how have you been able to separate yourself from the player to the coach? I always got my joy from my players receiving what they wanted. So my, what, what motivates me, what, my why, is to make sure my student athletes are in good shape. Mm. If they're in good shape, I'm fine. You know, if they're getting the things that they need to be successful, if I'm seeing them accomplish their goals, I'm, I'm, I'm super-duper excited. You yeah. know? So for me, and, and it's never about me. And you probably, in, in your phone, had more notes or accolades about the things that we accomplished that I had no knowledge of. I have a family member say, hey, you know y'all did this or you did <laughs> No, I don't. I don't get caught up in that. You know, I get caught up in my, in, in my guys, and I think that's really something that's helped me a lot. I think my first three or four years as a head coach, I was following what was on the paper. I was reading all the little the, the press clippings and that sort yeah. of thing. And believe it or not, it got me distracted. So I started to shut that stuff down and just dive into the right here, the right now, and deal with my guys. And I think it helped me a whole lot. I'm glad you brought up the distraction piece of it because as a player, when you were playing, how were you able to maintain, like, we don't have the social media, you know what I'm saying? Like, even when I was playing, we didn't have the social media that exists to this day. So how what how were you able to minimize the distractions because of course you still were at home mm-hmm. but what's the mindset that you have to maintain no matter what cuz you're still traveling not yeah. not just staying home but you're now traveling and doing the work what's the mindset uh i had to be you know disciplined but i was also fearful of letting my parents down you know i was fearful fearful of letting my grandparents down once again, I was the first male in the family. I had cousins behind me to go to college, mm. and they were entering college where I may have been a sophomore, they were freshmen, whatever it was. I was fearful to let those those guys down. Yeah. Uh, so it was really important for me to kind of set the stand, set the stage, uh, and set the standard. And um, that's something I never took lightly. I still don't take lightly. Did you have a dream of ever going to the league? Uh, no. Really? I actually no. I have a cousin that coaches in the league now. I mean, he's been coaching the last 15, 16 years in the league and um, had an opportunity to do several NFL internships. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goal and my, what, what drives me is developing 18 to 22 year olds. At some point I may get there, uh, but that's a different business. Uh, and I like to develop 18 to 22 year olds. When you go to the league, you don't have as much say so in your roster. Mm-hmm. You don't have much, as much say so in who you coach. Now we kind of handpick who we want in our program. It's interesting you say that because Deion Sanders said the same thing. He said that he has no interest in going to the NFL level because of some of the things that you pointed out uh, when it comes to having those things as far as he has the big, like the biggest social media mm-hmm. presence and you coaching on the HBCU level. In your opinion, did Deion Sanders help HBCUs or what do you think actually happened when it came to him being a part of Jackson State? I think Deion Sanders did a great job helping Jackson State, helping himself uh, mm-hmm. you know, to get to where he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And right now, and that's at the FBS level of Colorado. I think it was a – both sides gained something. Okay. Uh, I think the HBCU community did gain something. Yeah. 
Uh, my, my biggest deal is when you add something, you want to make sure it's sustainable. So does that something that he added, does it die off now that he's no longer there? Or is it something that can be sustained? Right. So any, anytime I'm trying to leave an impact on something, I want the next person behind me to be able to sustain whatever we started, definitely if it's a positive deal. So that's my biggest, biggest thing. I mean, if you, you know, you raise a, a million dollars today, are we, do we have the things in place to make sure to we make continue sure. To, to raise that money? And I think for me, that's the biggest thing because, you know, we saw the people that flocked to Jackson State. <laughs> right. But it was, were they flocking to Dion? Indeed. And my, and that's, and so my thought process was, as you said, was it sustainable? I thought it was sustainable because of Dion. Correct. Now, you still have somebody who, like yourself, you coached at Bowie. Now, their head coach, he was the quarterback at Jackson State. I'm interested to see the resources because Pepsi came out of nowhere. Uh, Powerade came out of nowhere. It was all, a whole bunch of other people that just came out of nowhere that, oh, we can do it this way. Correct. What is it that if sponsors, because you're always looking for sponsors when it comes to your athletic program, right. whether it was Bowie State or whether it's Morgan State, whether it's Texas Southern, whether it's Prairie, Prairie View, what is it that if a sponsor came towards you that you don't have the cachet as Dion, mm -hmm. but you have the ability to show this is my win-loss category, right. what do you say to them if they could give you the funding towards it? I challenge them and ask them what's important. Is it important to have the graduation numbers that we have, the win-loss record that we right. have, or have a name like a Dion? You know, if, if you're really in it for the student-athletes and you're really in it for their success and their over, overall development and you look at how many student-athletes yeah. that we've helped graduate, that we've assisted, whether it's internships, whatever it may be, I think you would side on our side as far as wanting to be a partner with right. us because of, the, you know, the overall development of right. the student-athletes. So kind of the proof is in the pudding. You mm -hmm. may not have the flashy name, mm -hmm. but the proof is in the pudding what we've done and who we've impacted and how yeah. we've impacted them. Coaching on the HBCU level is... It, it ain't for everybody. Um, you've been able to sustain it for mm -hmm. in multiple positions. Mm -hmm. What is it that you look for when you're recruiting someone to come play for any of your programs? A guy that's coachable. A guy that's tough. Um, academically, a guy that can matriculate at the university. Um, but if you're coachable and you're tough, we can, we can have a chance to have success with you. Right. And but when I say coachable, I'm not just talking about the playbook. But coachable in life, you know, mm -hmm. guys that, that care about one another, guys that care about the community. And uh, once you have those uh, type of people on your roster, you're going to have success, yeah. you know, because those guys are going to once again be coachable and they're going to be tough yeah. and tough. They, the guys going to understand how to deal with adverse situations. Uh, so those are some of the characteristics that we look for uh, when we recruit our, our student athletes. Speaking of coachable and student athletes, you know, we had Amir. <laughs> on and we've had Delano on <laughs> the goat. two two of your own yes indeed and both of them basically said you saved their life when it comes to having a relationship with your players outside of this is the statistics this is your playing time right. how do you get players to trust you and you being able to understand their background outside of them being the athlete uh, you mentioned those two guys and they are from Two different ends worlds, of the yes. And uh, I mean, Delano, man, when I first got to Bowie, they were, hey, get this guy off campus. This guy's not a good guy. He's not this. He's not that. And I brought him in my office and we talked. Mm -hmm. We had heart to heart conversation. I got to learn more about his past, more about his family, more about his upbringing, and which allowed me to kind of pour into him. Mm -hmm. And the love we showed is, is real. Yeah. You know, we still talk. You know, I'm at the mm -hmm. point now where they invite me to baby showers and weddings 
and all that other good stuff. Yeah. They don't have to do that anymore. They don't longer, they don't longer play for me. Right. But that means whatever we did with them when they were players for us, it meant something to them. Right. Because they, now they're calling the old guy back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to hang with them, you know. Yeah. That, that sort of thing is, is, is special. Uh, like I said, Delano had one background. Amir has another background. Mm-hmm. Loving family, very supportive family, uh, college-educated family. And, and uh, man, this guy wasn't highly recruited. Neither one, neither neither one of them, one of, yeah. And uh, to watch Delano, and watch both of them grow. And Delano never received the accolades that he should have received through the CIAA. I learned that. Yeah, and that was something that really pissed me off, to be honest with you, because I watched his progress, and I knew no one could block him. Yeah. But at the end of the year, for whatever reason, they didn't give him his just due. I think it's a blessing in disguise because I think it makes him who he is today. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's a humble individual doing a great job in the community. Uh, started, you know, the, the running group, Runners Run, and all that good stuff. Yep. And so they, 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 they're doing great. And Amir is another one that tore up every record that existed at Bull State. Shattered and it. <laughs> and, and you tell me this kid doesn't have an opportunity to play on Sundays. And that was, that was wild. However, he had his little downtime. Mm-hmm. He, put his, he put his big boy pants on, mm-hmm. and, and uh, he's moved on from that. And yeah. I think he's found his calling. And uh, through those adverse times, you see who true people, who the, who, who they really are, right. come out. And uh, it was tough to watch as a coach because I thought both of those guys, uh, Delano deserved the postseason accolades. Right. Amir deserved an opportunity to play on Sunday. Very much and so. At the end of the day, I couldn't quote unquote make it happen. Right. Uh, but I was, you know, was there for those guys and still there for those guys, and we. We talk and everything now, right. so you know those are now almost friends to me. Yeah. Know? So that, that's that's what's important. Do you remember your moment when, like, and of course every athlete does, but when when the ball stopped for you as an athlete, because that's the overall premise mm-hmm. of the whole conversation when it comes to, especially even as you saying you've now sat on it on both sides, the disappointment as a coach, but then also the disappointment that comes from not being able to go as far as you wanted to go. How far did you want your career to go as an athlete? And then how have you been able to navigate? Well, how were you able to navigate the waters of being able to say, okay, now what's next? So the position I played, they said tight end, tight end H back. I was 6'1", 6'2", 245 pounds. The reality is I didn't have a measurable to go to the next level. Uh-huh. When I left Bowie State Field and playing Virginia State, I finished with six receptions that game, went up the top of the hill, turned my equipment in happily. I was happy. I was satisfied. Wow. I had I had accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish as a player. Then I was ready to get into my real world. Played in one all-star game that, um, you know, after our season mm-hmm. that I was invited to. And after that, it never looked back. It's wow. Very, and, but the thing is, I was blessed with an opportunity to coach right, right after I finished okay. playing. Okay, okay. So I, I really got, you know, and, and there's only been maybe five games that I've coached in where I wish I still played. Okay. You know, <laughs> you know, like, I wish I could get out of it. But out, outside of that, I didn't didn't miss it. I knew what I was doing. I had a plan. Um, paid for my education through athletics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now been able to, like I said, coach 25, 26 years. Yeah. And look at how many guys that we've been able to help. Um it's been really, really rewarding too. Yeah. At Boy State, how many players under you were able to make it to the league? Because I, I lost count, I'm not gonna lie. I'll be telling I'll be telling you a fib. I don't remember either. What I what I can tell you is during the COVID year, I got bored. I started to go through to see how many guys we actually graduated uh throughout I love the program. It. And I got to about two hundred and sixty names and I had to I, I stopped. So I had to go back roster Shit. by roster. 
<laughs> roster by roster. Yeah, it was cold. It was cold. I was bored, man. I was trying to. You had to do something. You had to do something. But to do that, like it was like, all right, cool. Yeah, we got people that make it to the league. But how many coming out of here with a degree? It, 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 I'm gonna tell you what happened. I realized about myself that I get my joy out of people. And during COVID, you couldn't be around people. Yeah. So I had to find a way to kind of ease my brain because I couldn't be around people. We were doing welfare checks with our guys as coaches. We were running around, right around to their houses, meeting them in front of their houses just to say hello to them because wow. we couldn't get together as a, as a, as a program or as a team. Wow. But that was one of the projects that I did, and I was excited about that. But as far as the number of guys that receive opportunities, I think Isaac Ripman probably is still the, mm-hmm. the, the the big name guy. You know, he played several years and played in the bowl game and everything. Um, and, and, and we should say Delano. You said uh, – uh, shucks, man, I can go to uh, Doug. I mean, Dougie. It's, been, it's, been, it's yeah. been a number of guys had an opportunity. And now you're talking about this year, uh, DJ signed with ball, um, the, the Ravens. Right. And we have Boone and Josh with the Commanders. Yeah. And we just had our running back, Alfonso uh, Graham, signed with uh, Pittsburgh Steelers this past weekend at Morgan. So, I mean, those, those the guys are living their dream. Yeah. They're getting a head start in life. That's what it's about. Okay, so let's get into this conversation about HBCUs and being able to bring those athletes mm-hmm. to the NFL. Only technically one player was drafted in this year's NFL draft. As a coach, and you see the product, you recruit it daily. Mm-hmm. What do you believe it's going to take in order to have multiple players drafted in the NFL from HBCUs? We have to continue to pour into our, our programs. You know, that, at the end of the day, we, that's a that's a shame. You know, because if you look back and see how many guys signed free agent contracts. Contracts, yeah. The numbers, is a, it's a lot different. Yeah. And um, that's a shame. Our guys at HBCU should be able to get that same head start on life, talking about financially, because mm-hmm. there's a major difference being a draft pick than being a free yeah. agent. Yep. You know, so let, let's get our guys financially, that same financial head start on life that some of the other students are getting, uh, our athletes are getting. I definitely think more than one guy should have been drafted this year. Um, it, it makes me work harder. Right. You know, and, and it also makes my, me hold my guys more accountable. They have to do things not just just better. They, everything has to be better. Yeah. And and, and it, I think at the end of the day to help them uh, in life. But I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. But yeah. we're not gonna complain about it. We're gonna keep it grinding and keep yeah. getting it done. Um, it's about what you do with your opportunity when you get there. A hundred percent. And a lot of them say that they are prepared once they come from under certain people. I know uh, Delano mentioned being under the right coach. Right. And, and vetting the right coach allows you to see what their resources look like, what who they know, how they can shift. And he always said that you had the impact because of you were able to show not only how you could do it on the field, but who you know and what rooms you were willing to put people on off the field. He mentioned this story about how the Jets came okay. <laughs> to y'all office and you called him and he said he was asleep. Right. And he said, your face was shook when the guy told him, mm-hmm. yo, you can't play for me. It's 8 o'clock. And he was still asleep. And he was still he asleep. Get, he didn't get to work out already. He told Elena, we're in my office that particular day. If you continue to sleep at 8 o'clock, you will never get an opportunity because you should be great going to your second workout. Shit! And, and Delano looked at him, looked at me. Delano, he probably didn't tell you this. Delano was a basketball player and football. Yep, player. yep. And Delano kept telling me, coach, I want to go to the NFL. I want to go to the NFL. Why are you playing basketball? I said, you cannot do both and think your body's going to be where it needs to be to, you know, play. Because yeah. basketball, see, that's the time you bulk up for football. Right. That's the time we're in 6 a.m. workouts. Yeah. So you're missing that that part of the conditioning. So he had to make the sacrifices last year and yeah. not play basketball. And that was one of the best decisions he made because that gave him an opportunity. I think he added about 15, 20 pounds of muscle. Uh, he understood, you know, that it was it was it was a commitment. Yeah. You know, it was a commitment. It just could, it's not just a 
a fly by night deal. I mean, yeah. guys in the league, it's it's a you're a special player. You play in the National Football League, yeah. any professional league, yeah, any professional, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You made history at Boy State, bought the first title, mm-hmm. not as a player but as a coach. Did it feel any different? I think it was more rewarding because once again, I get my joy from every, everybody else. Yeah. So as as a as a person, you know, it w- it was exciting personally, but just to watch the guys, just to watch the alums. You know, then you go back and do it again. Back to back. And then they said you can't do it. You did it the again. Third time yes, you did. Yes, so, you did. You know, and I felt real good about doing it the fourth time. I just left and went the fourth time. <laughs> but I felt good about it. But I, I love doing things that people said I couldn't do. Yeah. I, I had a uh, a teacher in high school, man. I never forget. I won't call his name now, but he told me, he said, Damon, you continue to chase this sport and these little oval objects. It's not gonna get you anywhere. I remember it like it was yesterday. Wow. That statement he made to me has meant so much to me throughout my life because I always found a way to use the sport to get what I need to do mm-hmm. and input and impact other people. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to have a conversation with them now. Chasing it, you in. Yeah, I didn't see, I didn't see in the world because it's over object. Well, I met a lot of friends to this over object. Come on now. <laughs> so come I'm, on I'm now. Excited, talk your talk. I'm going to step back. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and step back. Nah, you're, you're good, but that definitely motivated me. So, okay, there's another thing that you do that I love that I feel like a lot of universities need to do more of, and that's hire alums. <laughs> you hire some of your own players that used to play for you, whether they are graduate assistants or they become actual coaches on staff, salaries, things of that nature, to the point that when you step down, one of your players is now the head coach at Bowie State University. Why is it important for you to hire those players afterwards? Because normally they could just go on, they become police officers, firefighters, <laughs> nurses, whatever, and right. you, you don't hear anything from them, and you're like, yo, he was a good player, but you, why didn't you invest in it? You actually do that. Why is that? You got to practice what you preach. I can't develop you as a football player and as a person – and when you get an opportunity and you say you want to coach, I don't bring you back and give you an opportunity to coach. Wow. And then for me, I don't have to worry about learning the personality. They don't have to worry about learning my personality. They know what I want. So therefore, you, if you take a look at it, and I've, I started this project too, as far as the, the coaches off of our tree at Bullshit, mm-hmm. man, it's amazing. But one thing that I, I do do, and I was I was determined to do, is if a guy finished playing for me at Bowie, when I was at Bowie, I would always send him somewhere else to get his master's. Cause I want him to go what? learn some other things and bring it back to me. So if you go to X school and get your master's and you still want to coach, you come back to me. I'm gonna give you a job. And wow. Look at Tyree Reed now with the yeah, He's, yeah. Nyma I was just about to say, yeah. With, with the Browns, Kyle is the head coach of Bowie. Still got Anton Sue with me at at, at Morgan. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it, it's a number of guys that have gone out to receive their masters at the university. They decide to come back and bring some more to the table. I just don't want you to know Wilson's way. I want you to know other people's ways so you so Wilson can st- continue to grow and develop. But that speaks a lot about your character because uh, some coaches, they'll say, all right, cool, whatever, and they're going about their wayside and right back into the thick of things. You, on the other hand, you it's like you're kind of that father figure that whether they had him or they didn't have it in their life, you're like, listen, I'm going to show you this. I'm going to tell you how to get here. You still got to do the work. It's the same way that it was on the field. I'm going to show you this. You still got to do the work, but I still need you to execute. So for people to actually be able to trust you to say, yo, all right, he said he's going to give me a job, which means you still got to go do the work and believe that you're telling them the truth, which some of us, we spend more time with coaches than we do our own families. So it's like when you say something, especially as my coach, 
I hold it honestly sometimes higher than I do my own family's word. So for you to be able to hold that, it says a lot about your character for sure. I definitely say that. Um, you know, you are at Morgan State now. When you stepped down from Bowie, you were still on the high. We was like, and I ain't going to hold you. When the news came out, I cried. I said, where is he going? And then it was like, oh, he's just going up the road. But still, it's not going to be the same. <laughs> and then I saw Kyle's name pop up. I said, oh, yeah, we good now. Never mind. Um, what was the decision like in accepting the position at Morgan State? It was tough. Uh, it was tough for a number of reasons. Uh, the biggest just because of my guys that I recruited at Tuboy. Uh, it was tough because of the coaches and the relationships that I had on campus. And, uh, you know, we just, like I said, we won three championships in a row. Um, it gave me an opportunity now to – take that same blueprint up the road without relocating the family and do the same thing at a place like Morgan. I mean, Morgan has a rich history of, of, of success and on, not only football field, but also in the classroom, uh, but hadn't been successful over 30 years consistently. Uh, so it's another challenge for me. Uh, some people look at me, Hey, go, why in the world are you doing this? Um, that was me. <laughs> some, some, <laughs> Where are you some, going? <laughs> some people un understood the move. I had a number of opportunities to leave Bowie throughout my 13 years there. And, um, I was either wasn't ready to leave or mm -hmm. didn't feel right. But when I met with uh, Dr. Wilson at Morgan and um, Ms. Dina Patton Freeman, my AD, athletic director, um, felt felt good. Yeah. Felt like home. Uh, I met with Dr. Broad Bowie along with Mr. Dowdy, and um, they asked me, Coach, what should we do? And I would never ever take this lightly at all. What what should our next steps be? And we talked amongst the three of uh, of them, and we talked what's the best move yeah. for the program and that sort of thing, and. Um, I'm so glad they gave me an opportunity to have a voice. And they yeah. gave Kyle an opportunity to be yeah. a coach. That was, they didn't have to do that. And that's something they I didn't did. take lightly at all. But I know everything that we pulled into that program over the last 13 years, I didn't want, I didn't think anybody else deserved the opportunity to lead that program, or I didn't want to see anybody lead, else lead that program unless it was somebody within our circle. Family, yeah. And, and of course, they, they came from your tree, playing and now coaching. So it's like the style is still there. But, of course, you got to make it your own at that no point. No um, so at Morgan, you came in first season. What, what, what was your first season like? Well, <laughs> it was interesting. Okay. Um, we got hired in June. The whole staff got there in place in July. We started camp in August. So I go, we play Georgia Southern, and I swear to goodness, I don't know anybody's name. I'm calling you by your numbers. I don't have any relationships with you. Wow. So it's new for me. Yeah. Because I build everything off family. And right, all right. And it's, it was new. So I didn't know who's going to fight, who wasn't going to fight. <laughs> and we playing an FBS opponent. I think we were down 307 at halftime. And they come in the locker room looking at me like, oh, shucks, we got a chance. And then I started to learn their names because they started to make plays. Got and, it. and, you know, we continued to build. We lost some games that uh, I think we, we you win those games when you're in a better uh, situation, but we doubled the win loss total from uh, from the previous year, so we're going in the right direction. Uh, the conference is definitely tough. The non-conference schedule is tough. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, it's about just building the program. There's no there's no shortcut to this thing. You, yeah, you know, you have to do everything the right way. You have to get everybody understanding the importance of doing the little things right. Administration, alumni, everybody. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a process. We didn't have overnight success at Bowie. No, you know, my first year we went to the championship, but we lost. You know, and, and that, that said a lot for us to get to the championship because I was hired in late April at Bowie when I first got there. Wow. But the difference is I had some relationship with some of the guys. Got I it. I knew I could count on. I swear to goodness, my first four or five weeks at Morgan, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know who I could count on. I watched them play, and that particular person looked good. That played, and the next play, they looked bad. And, and they trying to learn me as well. Right. You know, so I, 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 we spent a lot of time. I told my coaches, 
you guys deal with the X and O piece. I want to deal with the relationship piece. I want them mm. to see that we care. You know, see that we are genuinely interested in their overall success. Yeah. And that, I think that helped us win some ball games towards the end and um, establish, you know, what we're going to do moving forward. And the time frame of being at Morgan, there's a lot. Morgan is rough. It has a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the people that you recruited, even coming to Bowie, were from Baltimore, mm-hmm. um, whether it's city or whether it's county. In the city of Baltimore itself, being that it gets a bad rap, Morgan doesn't get a bad rap to, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but how do you convince somebody to come to Baltimore to play for you now at Morgan State? If you care about your community, why not come and be a part of the change? So we're in a community where you make a write-off campus, you're going to $2 million houses. You make a left-off campus, you're going to $500 houses. Mm-hmm. It's two different types of community within blocks of each other. Right. And we have the uh, the ability to impact both communities. So if we want to make change, why not be in the middle of it? Why not be on the ground running you know, on, yeah. on the, or the front row running with the, with the, with the change? Yeah. That's what, the one thing that we're, we're telling our guys mm-hmm. as far as involvement in the community. That's one thing we're selling to the guys that we're recruiting. That's that's we're going to do that. We're going to be that positive uh, force in the community to eliminate some of the negativity uh, that's going on. Yeah, you know, and, uh, so, and we want to magnify the good things that's going on. Yeah, you know, yeah, that campus is beautiful. It is. You look at the you look at the building it is. popping up. I'm not gonna lie, it, it's, it's it's amazing. So we want to showcase those those things, the positive, but we also understand that there's some there's some youth that need us. All right, so I'm off. The, we, this is gonna be off the record, but um, right, I, I took communication. I got my. I got my master's in organization communication. So I learned about off the record stuff. So, so off the record, you know, you done been in the SWAC. You done been right. in the CIAA. Right. Now you in the MEAC. Mm-hmm. Who better? Wow. Who better? That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Because there's been some damn good teams in every conference you done made. Yeah. You mentioned. And uh, it depends on the year, to be honest with you. I mean, it was some teams. We had a team in the CIAA. That could compete with the MIAC teams and the SWAC teams. Hundred percent. But I've been on some teams in a in a in a SWAC where it's gonna have been tight on us. So <laughs> it's, those are three very good competitive conferences. Only conference I have not uh, participated in is the SIAC. SAC, yeah. As far as HBCU conferences, um, but every time we play the SIAC team, I think I'm undefeated. Yeah, I think we're undefeated against those. It's teams. a flex for me. <laughs> it's a flex I think, I think for we, me. Uh, I'm looking at the schools. Yeah, I think we're undefeated. But uh, all in all, I. I all three conferences are very competitive yeah. and does some talent at every level. And that's one thing that uh, I always told my guys, because I was at the FCS level at, uh, before I came back to Bowie. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a Division two football player looks like. Mm. I know what a good football player is. So if you recruit good football players, they're going to play football at every level. Yeah. Once you start to believe in it, I'm not a Division three or Division two football player. I'm just a good football player. That's what gives you an opportunity. Because you say you want to play on Sundays. Right. Sundays don't look at who's the FBS, who's the FCS, who's the Division two. They want the best players developed. Yeah, who get the job done? Who get the job done? So if you get the job done, you're going to have an opportunity to play on Sundays. I just want everybody to know that the MIAC is a derivative of the CIAA. Ain't no doubt about it. That's his thought. No, 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 know no, that no in advance. <laughs> so, you know, culture-wise, baby, CIAA is winning. I'll Indeed. say it. He did not. Indeed. Okay. Um, you've had the opportunity to gain internships on the NFL level. Mm-hmm. Um, before that piece happened, you've also coached in the HBCU Legacy Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. How, how important was that bowl for you to be able to, because it was the inaugural one, if I'm indeed, not mistaken. Indeed. How was that? Major. You're talking about James Shaq, Harris, and Doug Williams, two pioneers of this deal that 
poured everything into this legacy bowl and got the support and the financial backing to give student athletes at HBCUs an opportunity to display their skill set on a big stage. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I'm so fortunate and blessed to have participated in the first one. I'm so fortunate and blessed to have a relationship with Doug Williams and Shaq Harris mm-hmm. uh, because I see what these guys are doing on a, on a daily basis. Um, living, they live, they live in the creek. You know, they're, they're definitely things that they experienced when they were in school and after school, uh, even professionally. They're making sure that other guys don't have to do that. And if you sit back and look at the position they played in the National Football League, then you look at some of the highest paid players in the National Football League yeah. now, they're at their position. Wow. And they look like them. I mean, you think about the high, the four, three of the four highest paid players in the league are black quarterbacks. Black, yep. That's something because James Shaq Harris, Doug Williams, Ozzie News, that's something those guys fought yep. four years ago. We're just starting to see the benefit of it now. 100%. And so yeah. I was very fortunate. And that was a top flight event. Yeah. They gave the guys everything, man. Gear, the practice facility gave us rings. We won, we won the game, too. So flexing. <laughs> it was our, our staff <laughs> in uh, South Carolina State staff with Buddy Pugh. And I had the opportunity to spend a week with him, who was a legend yeah. in this game. Yeah. He gave me – it's something I would never forget. And then you had the internships that you've been able to do with two teams. Which teams? Uh, the Jets uh, and the Rams. Okay. And I've also done some things with the Texans. That was some years ago. Okay. Um, I've always taken advantage of those internships just to learn the new new trends. Got so it. I can come back and, and, and develop and, and teach our guys. Right. You know, let's make sure we kind of stay at the head of the curve. Right. I think uh, it's important for me to continue to get out and learn because mm-hmm. uh, you can get into a place as a head coach where you just kind of doing what you do. Right. I never want to get in that position. Do you have to apply for that or is like, it's, how, how does you, it work? You apply, yep, you apply and the organizations accept the two or, the, or it's two guys. They accept two coaches okay. a year. Uh, it's a Bill Walsh minority internship. Got it. It's to give us an opportunity to, uh, I say us meaning, Minority coaches an opportunity to coach in the National Football League. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we go through training camp, go through preseason games, and that sort of thing. And uh, it's a, gr- it a great experience. Built some great relationships mm-hmm. uh, from those experiences. And uh, the first time I went, and it, it really helped me because a lot of times you're coaching, you think it's a secret out there. Like, yeah. we're we missing something. We're missing right, something. Right, right. Then when you go and you, you spend that time with, with the uh, NFL team, no, they're doing the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, but it may be more detailed. So now I got to tighten up on my detail of the work. And, got it. Uh, you know, so it's. It's been very rewarding. This year, uh, Coach Sewell, our defensive coordinator, right. is actually going to do one uh, with the Ravens. So, okay. You know, that, and that's another thing for me that's big to get my coaches out there. I might need them one day. Yeah. You know, if I, I need them now, but they may have to hire me one day. You know, I mean, so. Hey, listen, <laughs> with your track record, you're going to be fine. You're trying to give me a water boy job or something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, well, on the male side, they get paid a lot. So, yeah. hell, I might be uh, putting in an application to be the towel or something at this coming. point, child. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just hold me down. I got you, okay? Uh, before we get out of here, you're a, you're a husband, mm-hmm. father, mm-hmm. member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Indeed. Incorporated. Indeed. Um, the, the overall perspective of... What is it like to just be Damon? Because mm-hmm. you're a football coach every day. Mm-hmm. But when you come home, wife don't care, mm-hmm. son don't care. What is it like a day in the life of just being Damon? That's a good one. I don't have to change much at all. My wife is very supportive. She's a football chick, if you will. She's dope. <laughs> I'm going to just say yeah, it. She, she knows she's a Delta, and uh, she, she gets it. Uh, my son, that's the most important thing. I don't want to be the football dad to him. You know, and I had to speak to a couple of teachers about that because they want to correlate my profession with who you are. I'm like, no, we don't do that. You know, so I want to make sure they understand. He understands I'm dad to him. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about 
sports and all that good stuff every day, all day, uh, because it's a difference. You know, right. When he gets to a point, he's nine now, when he gets to a point where he wants to really hone in on one sport, if he wants to play any sports at all, then we'll, we'll get to that point. But I want him to see dad, the man, uh, dad, the guy in the community doing the things that, uh, that we should do to uplift our community. Uh, he sees the bros come over the house, and he <laughs> understands when that purple and gold show up. That is, it, it, he has a lot of uncles. Yeah, you know, he understands that, and uh, I think that's and uh, his friends see it. Yeah, and I, I think that's really important. That's our job and our obligation right. to make sure that we continue to pull into our youth. But uh, you know, I'm just I'm a chilled guy, man. See me out on the boat, go fishing, and, uh, <laughs> sit back in the deck or on the deck and just watch a little TV or something. Yeah, but, uh, that's that's uh, real relaxed life. Next five years, mm-hmm. where do you see yourself professionally? And then personally, uh, next five years we should have already held up a championship at Morgan State University, okay. and I see myself at Morgan State still building. That's what I say personally. Um, I'm gonna get out of my old lineman body, and get, <laughs> get, get into a uh, a receiver's body. A receiver. Yeah, I'm gonna get out to a receiver's body, uh, but no, yeah, just just you know, get healthy, stay yeah. healthy, and uh, continue to pull back into our youth. There's a young kid that's looking like you know, trying to figure out what they should do at this point. Um, and specifically the person that's done with playing. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them as far as the first steps out the gate? Because ultimately you were, you had favor over you mm-hmm. where you were able to just jump right into it. Right into it. But a lot of people's situation is not like that. Mm-hmm. What would you give them as far as motivation to say keep going? Follow your passion. Find your passion. See what see what motivates you. See if your passion gives you the ability to pay your bills, you know, um, get out and, and do some community service activities. The reason I continue to preach on that community service activities, is because that's when you learn what you like and what you don't like a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't necessarily have to have a job at something, but just to be out and, and, and something grab your attention. Like, Oh, that's a career in that, you know? So just make sure you follow your passion. You ask yourself, can your passion uh, p- pay your bills to, 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 to live, uh, stay positive. You know, don't get discouraged. We're going to have, uh, you know, peaks and valleys as we go through this thing yeah. called life. Uh, but the biggest thing is just to make sure you take advantage of your opportunities and, and stay stay positive. I don't deal with negativity. Anymore. Yeah. Well, I got to come to Morgan, um, yes, you know, because I didn't get my ring while we was at Bull. <laughs> just going to say that. So when we get a ring at Morgan, I'm going to get a ring. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Nah, Coach, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, thanks for always being available even when it came to me. It hasn't just been on the male side of it like any time. Um, when I was on campus, just as a student at Bowie State, you saw me work out, you saw me put the work in, you saw me in the offices, even if I ain't had nothing to do, whether it was training and all that, and you always poured in. So I just appreciate you for just being who you are. And um, never, never, please never switch up. It's too late for me. I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> too old for that. But I appreciate oh, you. Oh, man, <laughs> of course, as always. All right, thank y'all for watching. Don't forget, like, comment, subscribe. And uh, how can they follow you on Instagram? Because oh, I know they I know they got to follow more. How can they follow Morgan State football? Go at Morgan State Coach. That's the Twitter deal. There we go. Uh, yeah, at, you, I can't remember all that other stuff. <laughs> it's, it's on the website. <laughs> at Morgan State Coach. <laughs> That's good enough. Because if you try to figure out who's going to be your next coach, it just might be him. So I need y'all to understand where to go get him. At Morgan State Coach. Until next time, we out.